This is Niamh Bushnell from Tech Ireland, and I am here today with Adino Hora from Sustainability Works, who is our advisor on Green Tech Energy chapter of Innovation Nation 2019. Aideen, thank you so much for being here today. I really appreciate it. Absolute pleasure, Niamh. So you and I have been doing a lot of talking about what's going on in the ecosystem in uh, in green tech. But I have to uh, tell our audience uh, the first time that we met to chat about you coming on as an advisor for this chapter, you said, well, the book has to be printed on sustainable paper, right? So I loved that from from the get-go, I knew I had the right advisor (laughs) because you talk the talk and walk the walk. And it's obviously an area that you're super passionate about. So tell us your background and and why you have such a passion for it. Absolutely. So firstly, thank you for having me on uh, on this podcast today and for being an advisor. So I guess just from my own background, I've been passionate about environmental issues since I was a kid. It's a long time since I was a kid, so um, <laughs> you I and suppose, me both, my <laughs> so. But I've been involved, I guess, in environmental issues for over twenty years, and I would describe myself as somebody who's more of an activator rather than an activist. So I very much like going into a an environment or an organisation to figure out, well, how can I make, how can I affect change through changing the system, or through doing and enabling something to happen. Um, and I suppose I was in this as a as a sector and a topic before sustainability even get, became the kind of the buzzword that it is today. So I would have worked in the corporate world in terms of well, how can I affect change from within the corporate itself? To then I moved on and I worked for a kind of a public agency in Ireland, um, and I developed a national sustainable energy communities program, which started with the network of twelve, and now. Um, uh, SEAI have just done phenomenal work and there's a community and a network of 250 communities in Ireland who want to do more to be engaged in sustainability Fabulous. and in particular sustainable energy and I suppose in the latter part of or where I am now I want to see how can I work with businesses to affect change because I really see sustainability and issues such as climate change they're big risks to business but equally they're big opportunities so I want to see how I can help companies both at a startup level, but also kind of the corporate world itself. How can I help them all realize the opportunity that's out there? Great. I mean, it's the be all and end all, really, isn't it at this point? It is. You know, uh, climate change, it's the biggest societal kind of change that we have coming at us. Um, And if we don't do more, if we don't act faster, the effects of climate change are going to be pretty dreadful on society. Um, And yeah, it's going to be a tough life for the generation to follow. And even in our generation, you know, I would have thought that, yeah, it's not going to affect me, but we're just seeing changes that are happening more and more rapidly. So if you do live to an age when you're kind of older, you will start to see that your life will be changed. Absolutely. And what we want to see right now through this sector is change in the technology area and in business practices and all of that. And that's what we're kind of talking about. Right? Absolutely. We yeah. have a chance in society to kind of pull back from some of the um, really negative stuff to do with climate change and make sure it doesn't impact society in a really bad, negative way. And we can do that through um, technology. We can do it through kind of approaches that encourage people to do less and to do more. And I suppose that's really where I'm interested. How can we stimulate that change to happen? 
Yeah, great. Well, let's dive in and talk about some of the headline companies. And we know there are loads of great companies in this sector mm. in Ireland. But for the purposes of Innovation Nation 2019, it's a look back at some of the, the companies that really made headlines in 2018. Uh, and maybe we'll talk about some of them and then we'll talk about some of your other favorite companies. So it, who, who's first on your list of kind of headline companies for the book? So first on my list is a company called Hexafly. Hexafly is quite interesting in that it straddles and could be described as ag tech. It could be described as biotech. Mm -hmm. um, but in effect, it's solving a big global challenge. So globally, the fishing industry is having a huge challenge in terms of a shortage of fish food for uh, fish farms. Right. It's driving up commodity prices. So there's an Irish company called Hexafly who's developed an innovative solution. Um, so Hexafly, first of all, they're taking waste from the distilling and brewing industry. They're using that as food um, for to to breed and to grow a black soldier fly. So the the, the hint is in in the name Hexafly. Mm -hmm. um, they're growing a, a black soldier fly. That fly. So can you imagine instead of your traditional manufacturing site where you're going to have lots of kind of machinery and kind of automated processes? You have warehouses that have uh, full of flies. Full of flies. So <laughs> it's not really where you want to maybe uh, where you picture uh, a traditional warehouse to be at. Yeah. Um, and they are so yeah. They're the breeding of the flies, but ultimately the fly, fly has a reasonably short life. They will convert that fly into four products, and the two that are really interesting right now are they can convert it into a protein and an oil, and that protein and oil can be used in as fish food. The other products, you know, they are currently working on what, what industries can they be used in? So they're looking at kind of the cosmetics industry and the pharmaceutical industry to sell on further products as well. Wow. Really interesting. And they're kind of in talks with lots of nice customers. So we have really high hopes for, for them as a company. Fabulous. And I think in 2018, they did they get H2020 funding? I know they're VC-backed as well. They're VC-backed. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so the, um, they will be kind of identified as a... Enterprise Ireland perspective is a high potential startup um, and they've been part of the Climate Kick Accelerator. Great, which well. we will come Both back to in a minute. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Who else is on your list? So I suppose the other company just that I want to chat about is um, because they're working in a sector and they're addressing a, a challenge that I just think is pretty big. So there's very few of us who don't like fashion or don't like clothes and who don't like to, to kind of look good. But the fashion industry is actually one of the biggest polluting industries in the world. So we've got to find ways and figure out ways. Well, how can we make the fashion industry less polluting? Yeah, um, I think it's less fascinating, by the way, that people don't know. I mean, I didn't know that the fashion industry was one of the biggest polluters. You know, it's kind of like, really? OK, absolutely. Yeah. You know, all you do is just put in a very quick Google search and just the visual images that you see of dyes running in rivers, like clothes, the dyes for clothes. And right. it's just it's horrific. But even the fashion industry alone has a lot of kind of negative connotations around social issues yes. um, where clothes can are, are made. Um, so, yeah, I suppose what we are in the fashion industry, what is beginning to happen is consumers are becoming a lot more conscious, um, especially younger consumers. Mm. They realize that they can have a, a more positive impact. Um, and they're becoming, and the other trend is that most people in this concept of fast, fast, fast fashion, most people will buy an item of clothing and maybe only wear it once. Yes. 
So it sits in a wardrobe. Mm. So it's a huge waste. So the company I want to talk about is called New Wardrobe. It's um, founded by Ashling, so female founder. So, you know, absolutely fantastic. So Ashling has developed a sharing platform, which is really addressing that kind of conscious consumer need. How can they do more? How can they play their part? So they can create communities online where they can start to share clothes and outfits. Fabulous. And I just think that's fantastic. Um, and it really addresses um, an age group and a profile who are really taking the whole concept of sustainability to their hearts uh, and doing more with it. So in 2018, Ashley kind of moved to London, which is really a kind of a fashion capital, kind of started to connect with all the right people and kind of start to grow and build her business and is taking those learnings back here to Ireland as well. And I just think phenomenal what she's doing. Absolutely. Go, Ashling. Absolutely. Go. Yeah. Um, Who else is on your headline list? So the other company to talk about is a company called um, Charge Sicity. Mm-hmm. So I suppose... It's actually hard to say, Charge Sicity. <laughs> it is. It is. I struggle, you know. Um, <laughs> they had another name and I kind of wish they stuck with it because... <laughs> was easier um the so they are addressing the transport industry so again transport is one of the biggest kind of polluters we have out there right and in order to address that challenge uh, i suppose kind of our kind of governments are beginning to look at well you know how do we change mobility patterns but how do we change the the kind of vehicles we use so um electric vehicles are being put out there as kind of a key um solution right or one of the solutions but you know very often electric vehicles and the owners of electric vehicles don't have access to uh, accessible uh, charging points for their cars so if you're especially in a large city um, you may not have a charge point to be able to charge your car at your home especially for on street yeah that's a real concern yeah and you know it it is it's one of these things with electric vehicles you know it's a big investment for a person so when they start to kind of weigh up the pros and cons it's something they will consider you know how easy it is is it for me to charge my car so um the guys marcus and andrew have developed ev as a service so charging as a service so that's actually a pretty kind of phenomenal way to think about um infrastructure because instead of the city having to put in or a, a energy utility having to put in lots of infrastructure on streets and digging up roads and streets and pavements. Now you can have these guys rock up and with a mobile or with a van and start to give your car a little bit of juice to get yeah. you on your journey. Yeah, fabulous. And I just think that's absolutely fabulous because it does take some of that kind of pain and worry away from, you know, will my car take me from A to B? Yeah, great. Um, so they're fabulous. Yeah, and it sounds like they are building, they're anchoring themselves with great international partners as well and they have a big ambition. So they're one of the companies that have done big things in 2018 or going to do great things in 2019 and beyond. We'll hear a lot more, I feel like. Absolutely. So in uh, 2018, so they founded in 2018 and they've kind of created partnerships back to universities to really kind of refine their product and their platform. And they've kind of reached out to international partners who are just global leaders in, in transport and electric vehicles. So they're making the right connections to yeah. make their business grow and scale. So these guys know what they're on about. Brilliant. So what? tell me a couple of companies that, I mean, if people can go to the page on Tech Garland's uh, Innovation Nation book to see the 10 headline companies for 2018, that we, we've had to choose 10, right? Out of yeah. it. It's, a, it's a tough decision. 
but you've talked to me about a bunch of other companies that may not have been on people's radar in 2018, but who you feel like are like ones to watch for 2019. So throw out a couple of those companies. There's a loud-based company that's fascinating, right? There is. So there is a company that um, I've uh, supported in the past year. Um, and again, they're just, they're going to do phenomenal things in 2019. So again, fashion industry. One of the, the challenges of the fashion industry is we are now all buying our clothes online. Yeah. So, uh, but who of us has bought an item of clothing and it doesn't fit? Yeah, uh, my new coat, a size too big. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so what the company is called Fitted and their idea is to try and make sizing as a service. So how can you actually, um, uh, I suppose, accurately measure your size and then when you're buying clothes online, the, the kind of retailer will kind of have the corresponding sizes in, in the different ranges of products and clothes that they, they supply. Super. So it's absolutely super because we're beginning to see, you know, in Germany a couple of weeks ago, the German government kind of identified this as kind of a problem area in terms of policy that they need to start to do something about because, right. you know, the numbers, I'm not going to be accurate about them, but the majority of clothes that are bought online are returned. Right. So that's kind of creating a whole logistical supply uh, issue in mm. terms of, transport and again you know it's kind of feeding in mm. waste and feeding into kind of yeah just lost waste resources yeah and packaging all that packaging that comes you know Absolutely. you have a heart attack when you receive yeah. the stuff right so yeah. so i suppose the idea with fitted is you know from just visual it's you know it's like wearing a onesie it's, mm -hmm. it's like a bodysuit it will take your measurements it's going to be incredibly accurate um, and those measurements will be, you know, they will have a way of kind of working with the different retailers to kind of have those measurements on files. So you are going to buy clothes that more, I suppose, are, um, match your size a little bit uh, more closely. Yeah, love um, it. Great company. Absolutely. It's going to be like they're going to do great things in 2019. Brilliant. One other one. Do you want to, is there anybody else you want to tip your hat to before we move on to the ecosystem? Um. <laughs> You know, there are companies who are out there, I suppose, uh, one that I'm kind of quite fond of, and it, it has been below the radar a little bit. It's called GreenFi. Mm -hmm. um, Jules is looking at climate finance. Mm -hmm. So this is very much how do you start working with emerging economies and how do you um, help them get access to finance and funding to so that they can create sustainable livelihoods for themselves. Interesting. So she's figured out a system of how she can bring together funding and deliver to small farmers in Africa. So again, just something to watch. And it's it's mm -hmm. not, you know, it's not your traditional kind of tech type company, but it's very much about when we look at sustainability and we look at the concept of climate change, you know, all of society globally is going to be affected. So it's about how do we leave nobody behind? And there's lots of solutions we need to get out there. So GreenFi, I think, is one to start uh, yeah. to keep an eye on. Big time on that. It, it's actually a nice segue into talking about the ecosystem around these Irish companies and, and how strong that is. And, and you and I have talked about this before, about really the ecosystem uh, is quite just, um, it's in these stages of emerging, I think it's fair to say, right? Just the last couple of years? So the ecosystem is absolutely emerging. I think we've kind of got to step back just a little bit in time and go, you know, 
in 2015, we had, you know, this is a little bit of a policy conversation. So in 2015, uh, 192 governments signed what was called the Paris Climate Agreement. So that was basically all the governments saying, hey, we're going to try and keep global warming below a certain level. Yes. Um, and that really kind of signaled to the investor community to go, okay, if we're investing in companies, is that money at risk because of climate change? So they started to ask questions of the companies. So now we're beginning to see that the fact that investors have actually started to take, to take notice and understand the risks of climate change, we're beginning to now see that that pressure is coming on multinationals to begin to do more in terms of begin to do more in terms of um, their their kind of their, their own policies, their, I guess. Well, their right? policies, but yeah. what they're doing with their own footprint, but then also what are they doing with their whole supply chain? Yeah. So there's kind of a knock-on effect. So it's still we're seeing kind of companies who are doing pretty phenomenal things, but it's still reasonably early stage. But that's just showing that this global problem is so big, the drivers are so big, everyone is now beginning to sit up and do more. Right. Right. So that's exciting, but it's very early still and it's not directly impacting arguably what the startups are doing on the ground, whereas something like Climate Kick. Talk to us about Climate Kick, because that's really where I think it's all where the rubber hits the road in terms of supporting young startups, I'm guessing. Yeah. So, you know, Climate Kick is Europe's largest climate innovation platform um, and it's 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 primary funding right now is through Horizon 2020, which is one of Europe's uh, research uh, funding. Deep, deep um, pockets, deep buckets of funding. They, yeah, they, they do. do lots of great things. They do. And I suppose for Climate Kick, it is about, well, how can they put a spotlight on um, climate and, you know, building kind of education and capacity, but also kind of building um, capacity within the kind of startup communities. And then how can they help those startups kind of access supply chains and start to 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 kind of build their businesses yeah um but the idea behind climate kick is they are tackling something that is pretty big um and they're trying to almost like bring in you know they understand that it's going to take a lot of different solutions out there so that's what they're trying to to figure out how to do that Great. Um, and we have an accelerator a climate kick accelerator here in ireland the last couple of years right yeah so I've been very fortunate to work with Climate Kick for the last five years and for the last three years, they've delivered their accelerator here in, in Dublin. Um, and each year we've taken in a cohort of 10 companies from all around Ireland. And they're phenomenal. They're companies that span agriculture, transport, fashion, energy, you know, you name it. We've, we've seen a representation of those companies and fantastic ideas. Um, and you know, the, the idea behind Climate Kick is, you know, we all know there's lots of accelerators out there, but it's how can Climate Kick kind of bring a community together, kind of connect the the, the startup with an ecosystem in in Germany or with wherever. Yeah. Um, because it's worth saying that, you know, there's 21 of these accelerators kind of taking place across all of Europe. So it's, you know, there is a community of startups out Fabulous. There who know that they're they're not isolated and they're not alone. Um, but fundamentally, with all of these programs, it's about building a business. And if you build a successful business, you're going to be able to tackle mm -hmm. the, the, the challenges and the problems that your customers want you to do.
Absolutely. I, I, I like the, the kind of the, the good, good business. Yeah. So you want to have a good business. You want it to be for profit. You want it to be successful in itself. You want it to also do good. Absolutely. Right. So I think that's and an, an the climate kick accelerator and that network, as you say, across Europe of all of these different 21 accelerators. I mean, what a cool community to be involved in. Absolutely. You know, and, and climate kick is it's the community you know, it also provides non-equity funding, which is quite nice if you're a startup. Great. Um, and it, it helps broker introductions. And I think what it does is quite nice is, you know, climate and sustainability, you know, it's still emerging. So if you're part of a pretty big ecosystem and you've kind of got somebody like Climate Kick behind you, it gives you a lot of credibility to mm-hmm. say, you know what? this is big and I'm doing something really impactful with, with my business. Absolutely. Um, tell us briefly then before we go into kind of like the global and Ireland thing, um, what's going on in terms of investment in this community? I'm guessing if it's emerging uh, kind of across the boards that it's also still emerging. I mean, are there VCs in Ireland who are focused on the sector, for example? In I suppose VCs in Ireland probably there's there's limited enough appetite for for sustainability climate related companies but i think we have some phenomenal angel investors Great. who are very much um supporting sectors that they're familiar with whether it's energy or waste or kind of agriculture so we've a phenomenal uh, angel kind of investor kind of base um great to um, hear yeah supporting um i suppose yeah the vc side of it is you know, we've got to consider that with, um, I suppose, with sustainability and climate, it's, you know, it's not your traditional kind of maybe startup that we've kind of come to see in recent times, which, um, you know, they, they may be able to kind of get off the ground a lot quicker. A lot of the companies that we're talking about have a product or a piece of infrastructure that's a little bit heavier and needs a little bit different of a consideration as to how you're going to invest in it as a company. Right. So what we're beginning to see are investors who might traditionally have been more in the project investment space. Yeah. Looking at, well, how do I invest in the, not so much the company, but in the product and how that product can be applied to a pro, a, a delivered project on the ground. So that's how we're possibly beginning to see the kind of investment in technology emerge. But, you know, the companies also still have to prove themselves and kind of they still need those kind of base supports to help them get started. But so, yeah, so it, that's an emerging story. And I think it's quite exciting because, you know, it will help that uh, network of companies just get going. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's very interesting that it's more project based mm. than company based in a lot of ways. Uh, and that may even as it grows, even as it becomes less emerging and more into uh, maturing, that may remain the case. Right. Because it's a very dynamic project based, constantly changing um, situation. It's more like I mean, you've talked to me before about it being more of a market than a than a sector. Right. It is. It yeah. is. You know, so like climate sustainability, it's it's a, the biggest global challenge we have. So when we're, uh, I suppose, th- considering the companies who are responding to that space, they're responding to a consumer and a market need. So they don't fit very easily into a sector, but we can group them. We can call them, you know, green or clean green, or whatever, yeah. but they are responding to a market need. And that's pretty interesting because that just allows you to kind of position the company very much to what the customer needs. Yeah, absolutely. So so 
Looking forward then into the rest of 2019 and, and thereafter, I mean, Aideen, you're in a perfect position to kind of go, you know what, here's all of the great stories that are coming out of Ireland, but what are we missing or what do we need to do to step up to the next level to become a world-class country or ecosystem when it comes to green and clean tech? What is the opportunity for us to do that? And, and what would you like to see happen this year? So it's, you know, it's where do you start with that sort of answer? Because you, <laughs> you can go, I want everything and I want it now <laughs> and I want it, you know, last year. But yeah. for, I suppose, for as long as I've been in this sector and you go o- overseas and you start talking to people and they go, um, you know, clean tech, green tech, you know, you're Ireland, you're green. It's not just a phenomenal marketing story. Yeah. Why aren't you using it? You know, so what I would love to see. Yeah, we're, is, we're well set up. We are already yeah. set up. The yeah. brand is, yeah. is there. <laughs> we have the brand. Yeah, we have the brand. But it's about how do we and I love to I would love to see how we as a government, how we as kind of multi multinationals, how we just as a society can get behind and support and position our companies internationally as being able to respond to solutions. Right. Because, you know, in a lot of the kind of global marketplace out there, you know, in emerging economies, it's, it's complicated. So all of our kind of companies need help and need support. But we can do a, a kind of a great job of positioning them as being able to respond to global solutions. And Ireland has such a phenomenal history of kind of working overseas and of partnering. And, you know, so we can amplify that. We can do a Big lot time. more. But we've really got to start talking the language of sustainability and climate because consumers internationally, that's what they're really interested in. Of course, they want lots of other benefits, but sustainability and climate are to the fore of what a lot of companies or a lot of consumers are looking for. And by that, I mean large corporates, even down to kind of citizen level and cities. Yeah. And and we have seen some leadership in 2018. You and I have talked about this as well, you know, with the the Irish uh, Strategic Investment Fund divesting mm-hmm. of fossil fuel related investments. Um, you were talking earlier on about Minister Bruton, mm-hmm. um, that he has spoken recently about single use plastics uh, being, you know, set mm-hmm. aside in Ireland. Right. So so we did. And, um, you know, and you even mentioned to me earlier on, which I had forgotten, you know, years ago, we were probably the first country in Europe maybe to stop using you know shopping bags or to, to ask consumers to pay for plastic um, bags and in shops right so there is there's it's fair to say there is some leadership there there is leadership you know Ireland has been a leader in sustainability for a long number of years we probably haven't done a great story and a great or a great job of telling that story yes classic Irish <laughs> classic Irish you kind of hide everything you know want people to to um give us to, too much to, attention yeah. <laughs> um but you know so we we've had terrific leadership from uh, our minister for climate action Richard Bruton who you know, made a statement uh, in in January of this year and just said, listen, the public sector in Ireland, there is to be no more single-use plastic. And, you know, that's the sort of leadership and they're they're the sort of decisions we need if we want to have change happen and if we want to change the marketplace and we want to change how procurers and buyers start to look at goods and services. So that's one part of it. You know, we can do more, we can have more initiatives, more projects like that, but it is... You know, leadership starts at home. So we also need to kind of go, well, if we're going to stop, uh, we're going to ban single-use plastics, that's terrific. We also need to support Irish companies. We need to support how can we get those uh, that technology piloted at home. And 
you know, piloting technology and piloting, piloting solutions, it's going to take a little bit of pain and risk. And some of those companies may fail and that's fine. But that's that's innovation. Yep. So part of the cycle. It's all part of the cycle. But if we want to get to an end point where we have a low carbon, resource efficient and circular economy, we have to go through a little bit of pain and investment to get there. So we need, I think, in 2019, I'd like to see more activity happening to trial and test technologies and solutions that help Ireland achieve its own climate and energy targets. <clears throat> so, you know, better use of the um, Climate Action Fund, better mm-hmm. use of the Disruptive Technologies Fund, because while they've all done fabulous things this year, they've probably not touched our in 20, they've done fabulous things in 2018 and supported fabulous companies. I think it's an opportunity for them, those funds to do more in 2019 to support sustainable climate orientated companies, because we have a hell of a lot of work to do in Ireland. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a great place to end the podcast. And uh, thank you so much for being part of this and for shepherding us, the generalists at Tech Ireland, on our way to looking at the great Irish companies in the sector and understanding the challenges and the opportunities for Ireland going forward. Thank you so much, Aideen. Pleasure. Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of a series Tech Ireland has developed to accompany the launch of Innovation Nation 2019, our coffee table book and go-to guide to innovation in Ireland. To listen to other great discussions from this series about innovation-driven cities in Ireland and world-class companies here, go to the content section of techireland.org and select podcasts. You can also purchase a copy of the Innovation Nation book from our website under the heading 2019 in the main menu of techireland.org. Thank you.